Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, I have two guests, co-authors, Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis and Reverend Patricia, boy, I'm going to mess this up, Canaglio. (laughs) We're we're going to get that uh, settled in a second, the proper pronunciation. Anyway, they are the co-authors of a wonderful brand new book called Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change. Witness firsthand the challenges that men and women from around the world faced head-on and how through their adversity they became stronger and happier. Battling a life-threatening illness, surviving an abused relationship, overcoming addiction, suffering the heartbreak loss of a child, wrestling with self-sabotaging thoughts, losing and finding love. These are just a few of the transformational stories that will encourage you and change your perspective in Chaos to Clarity. A global voice contributing authors bared their souls for you. And with that, I'd like to bring in Kat and Patricia. Good day, ladies. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Robert. Thanks for having us. Yeah, our last names are a mouthful. I'm cannabis, <laughs> almost like cannabis that you smoke, and Patricia, <laughs> Patricia Reverend Patricia is Caginello. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, thank you about that. Uh, I just, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things I just wanted to make sure we got that right. Now, one of the things is they can always find out more about both of you in the book by going to um, the website, um, your website, Patricia, um, sacredstoriespublishing.com, correct? They yes. can go there. Absolutely, and they'll see right on the front page, uh, Chaos to Clarity, the book, and click on that and, and uh, all the information they'd like and, and information on CAT as well. So. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm looking forward to, to chatting with you both. So um, I'd like to start with, first of all, what was the seed inspiration for this particular book? Um, either either of you. Right, go ahead, Patricia. Well, you know, the, my company, it's interesting, is, you know, called Sacred Stories. We have Sacred Stories Media and Sacred Stories Publishing, and, and that's because through my own personal journey, I, I realized that I tell, I teach, I learn, I experience through my stories, and, and so many others do as well. And Kat and I started working together up probably about maybe a year and a half ago in, in other aspects of, of you know, consciousness and, and spirituality. And we were having this conversation about stories and the power of stories. And, and that really was the beginning seed that, you know, me knowing how important my, my story is and publishing other books of other stories, we said, how about, you know, if we kind of put a call out and make a book, you know, packed with a number of short stories, but give give many people an opportunity, you know, to share their journey and 
um, through story, and and that was the the beginning conversation. Yeah, so, you know, and it's um, wonderful. First of all, I, I want to thank you, uh, Patricia, for sending so many wonderful authors my way. I've spoken to many authors of, of your publishing house. Um, so, you know, it's it's then through those connections that you put out that call. So, Kat, how did you go about, you know, what was the process about, you know, collecting and then selecting the stories that were going to be included? Well, um, I've got a column in Biz Catalyst 360 magazine uh, called Living Your Dreams, and Dennis Patoko is the CEO of the magazine. And so after Patricia and I spoke, and I said, you know, why don't we, why don't we do a book together? And the, the premise of the book is, is going to be a platform to give budding authors a voice, um, to be able to share uh, their writing skills. Uh, maybe they haven't been published yet, but they want to be published soon. And so this is a way to augment their biographies that they're going to put it at the bottom of their query letters that they're sending out to publishing houses. And it's a great way for them to get on the map of publishing by getting onto radio shows, as we are. We've gotten a lot of them, and, and you alluded to this, that, that you're, you're also <laughs> going to be interviewing some of the authors in this book. And so... Um, because I'm also a host on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, I have my show Dreaming Healing, uh, Patricia and I asked Deborah Bouvet if she would like to be involved, and she gave us a resounding yes. So that was the platform by which we, did a, we, we found a lot of our authors. And uh, then it was just, um, you know, getting out there and, and chopping wood, carrying water, uh, posting, uh, putting out uh, requests for authors um, on social media, and boom, we, we filled the book. Uh, we Right down to the last minute, Patricia, we, we got our last author in, I think, the day before the, the book completely closed, and we had to send it off to the professional editors, and everything about this book was done professionally. It's not like we just edited it and then put everything together and threw it up. We went through professional companies to uh, complete this book and make it something that our authors would be really proud to be a part of. Yeah, well, very much. Before I forget, I just want to say that I, I noticed how how the stories impacted you that, you know, the idea of uh, chopping wood and carrying waters is one of those stories in there, the Dr. Jane Galloway story. And I like that one in particular. So it's, you know, it's obviously, you know, it's made a big impact, uh, you know, just in your communicating of, of the topic. So I'm sorry. So Patricia. Oh, I just, you know, I just wanted to say that, that building on what Kat was saying though, what many people who, just wanted to tell their story, though, actually reached out and submitted their story. So it's a really great opportunity for people who want to be published authors and want to kind of share a larger message and, and have a greater work that they're sharing. But probably half of the authors in the show came to us simply because they just wanted to share their story. And and what they have shared with us even since then is how healing and cathartic it was for them to sit and write and actually have their story published, um, and we use the same publishing expertise we use for all of our books for for our anthology as well, and as Kat mentioned, but 
but it's really the power of the story, I think, is is yeah. the larger story here with chaos to clarity. So it, it's, it seems to have served many purposes and maybe started um, for many different reasons. But, Robert, it's, it's really, I think, a testament to the human spirit and to our human interconnectedness that it is the power of the story that is standing and that what it, people are responding to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and also I just wanted to say, Robert, that you know we we didn't have to get on our knees and grovel or beg or anything. We had Dr. <laughs> Bernie Siegel, who was so excited to write the forward, and and you know he had just lost his wife, and so he shared not only the forward but a beautiful poem. He hadn't published any poetry yet, and he shared a beautiful poem in his forward for the story because he he loved the the premise for the book so much and it's one of the reasons the premise for the book is one of the reasons why it was an amazon bestseller before we even went live november 17th yeah well i mean the there are some you know very powerful stories you know and now i'm sure a forward by dr bernie siegel you know is um helps you know at least you know people who um, know him or know of him um, would be drawn right immediately to it. But I think you know um, you're right, Patricia. You know the power of the story is something um, that's wonderful. And, and what I like about the stories in, in this particular book is is they're they're concise. I mean they're you know they're kind of like right to the point <laughs> um, of you know. And, and I think those are. I think that that's um a great way to to get people, you know, to remember. Now, the the stories are of transformational change. So I want to talk a little bit about the idea um or the experience of transformational change. Now, um I believe um Patricia, you have a a, a beginning portion in the book that talks about change in from a kind of a spiritual perspective and and Kat, you had one from a psychology perspective. So I kind of like to get from each of you um, that frame, the change in the spirituality and then the the psychology. So, Patricia, can you talk a little bit about the idea, the the framing of change from a spirituality point of view? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm I'm an ordained interfaith, interspiritual minister, and I spent two years studying in seminary um, because that was part of a result or an evolution based on a significant change in my life. So, so you know, the idea of transformational change or a significant life event kind of catapulting us in in other directions. You know, if we if we so choose. Um, you know, I mean, I've lived it, as many, many, many people today are, and 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 so from a so, my voice in the book, yes, is from that spiritual perspective. It's from the not only the study as a, as an ordained minister, but it's as of a a person living <laughs> living through it. But um, and what I write about, you know, there's many aspects of it. But what I write about is that is that. You know, we live in a world, Robert, where we're so distracted, we're running from one thing to the next to the next, and sometimes, you know, it's the significant life events that kind of grab us by our shoulders, shake us, and, and make us stop and pay attention. And and whether that is 
an illness or a divorce or a loss of some kind or or maybe a life change, maybe a retirement or or even, you know, joyful ones, falling in love or, you know, having children or whatever. But but there's those moments that that we start paying attention because the emotion that has been that we feel is at a depth that we 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 can't do anything but pay attention. So it's either great pain or great joy. And um, for many of us, and for myself included, the great pain had me go deeper and and try to seek answers. Say, what the heck is happening? Why does this hurt so bad? You know, what happened to the life that I had planned? And and it, you know, it set me seeking. And and therein is are the seeds for spiritual transformation because many times, especially in great pain, we're trying to go, we're trying to um, understand, we're trying to make sense of it, and and we're looking for kind of that greater meaning in life. And so I write about that in the in the book, and and that is really a beautiful, you know, change is kind of that golden nugget. And when we can, uh, I, I one of my quotes in the book is. In the experience is the emotion, and in the emotion is the gift. And so from a spiritual perspective, if we can look at that deep emotion and see the gift of ex- see the gift within it as an opportunity to go deeper, to, to go in a different direction, to appreciate something on another level, you know, that, that is the beginnings of a spiritual transformation. And then it's, it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing I really liked in, you know, the way that you've, you know, presented the information is the the recognition of, you know, transformational change, you know, can the source of transformational change can be, you know, can be trauma, but it can also be the joy. And, and, you know, to me, that's, um, you know, I think if, if people, you know, start to recognize that, you know, that you know, change doesn't have to be you know have to be hard. It's just a, a just a shift, you know. And like the in the in the book, the story that you wrote about message received about about the deer. You know, I just I'm a, a nature fan, you know. So I mean, you know, that was one thing that you know, obviously in your story, that that deer on on the mountaintop um, made a difference. You know, until you got the message, you know, the deer was there until you got the message. So I mean, it's just one of those things where that's not a painful, you know, experience at all. That's uh, just a, a aha kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. But I was in deep emotion, and that's why I was paying attention. You know what I mean? The deer, the deer got my attention because I wasn't distracted in my normal day-to-day. I was dealing with trying to deal with some deep emotion that was arising between me and, and my children, you know, and which was yeah. an offshoot of all the other changes happening. But but absolutely, and, and I think that's part of, you know, I, I feel like uh, something that I hope comes out of not only this book, but, we, you know, there are others already, you know, in, in being planned, is the idea that, that if we are aware of this, then maybe we can experience these significant changes more through joy. You know, we don't have to wait till the universe says, you know, I feel like I had a lot of opportunities, and then finally by the time I turned 50, they're like, she's just not paying attention, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah. we need to just kind of give her the trifecta here and, you know, yeah. stop her in her tracks, and and, and, and that's what, what happened. So absolutely, that that is my hope, and, you know, for everyone reading the book and everyone listening today is that that the, the beautiful um, – the, the beautiful changes in our lives can 
can can come from great joy as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, Kat, you, your mm-hmm. um, perspective on it was you, you talk um, when you present your perspective from the psychology of change. So how is that different, um, you know, because, I mean, I, from the time, first time that we ever spoke, you know, about your surviving cancer, I mean, I put you high on that spiritual list. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, I could see you, you know, presenting both perspectives. But from a psychology mm-hmm. perspective, how, how does psychology look at change? Well, you know, the psychology of change is interesting because, um, you know, as human beings, we change every second of every minute of every day, yet, physically, yet, on um, a, a mental level, we we resist change, and it's in our DNA to do that. Um, once we find something that works from the time we were we were living in caves, when we found something that worked, we stayed with it because it was safe. And so, you know, it was a little bit of the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. And so we still carry that with us. Change is one of the most uh, fear-invoking things that we live with. And there, there's actually a name for it, and it's metathesiophobia. I know that's a big mouthful, but it means, meta means change from the Greek word. And as human beings, we really don't like it in it, and it really is not embraced by us. If things are all going along just fine, we we don't focus on change. We don't really want change. But when it doesn't, when our back is up against the wall and it's a do-or-die moment, it's amazing how, uh, as Patricia said, that change is that golden nugget you know, that, that, that experience that we're going through is the emotion that we're feeling, and then in that emotion is that golden gift of change. We have to change. We have to embrace the change, and that's usually an emotional evolution on our part. So what we did with all the stories in the book is we made sure that the authors spoke to that in their own voice, and then Patricia and I made sure that that was front and center in the book because it's such an important part of life because change is good. Um, and and one of the, the things that I spoke about in the book was how, you know, one of the changes we all go through is losing our parents. And that's a very painful change, but it's a necessary change. It, it, it It's a, a growing change for us. We have to now depend on the lessons that they they taught us. We can no longer call them up on a phone to speak to them. But at the same time, in my story, I talk about how love never dies. And so even though my mother died the night the moon was full, by the end of my grief-stricken hour when I climbed back into bed, I suddenly smelled her. And I felt her in bed next to me with her arms around me. She knew the pain I was going through, that this change had created. And it was a change for her as well. But the change was good. In the end, it was normal. It was natural. And embracing it rather than working against it was important for my evolution. Yeah. You know, if... if we want 
you know, to grow or, or learn or expand our perspective or awareness, um, it can only happen through change. I mean, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. the only you know, change you're not going to grow unless you have change, and you're not going to kind of uh, um, may recede or you know, kind of maybe take a couple steps backwards. But that too has changed. So, I mean, it's um, change can be. Um, you know that uh, launching pad for for whatever direction you know. And mm-hmm. now, um, in the book, I just kind of what I want to do is. Oh, by the way, we're, we're at the bottom of the hour. We're going to go ahead and, and um, open up the lines for you know if any callers have any questions. And uh, the number to call is six one nine seven eight nine four three five nine. And those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions, feel free to post them. Um, but what I'd like to do right now is kind of go through the, the framework of the book and maybe talk about a, a few of the stories. So the book is broken down into five parts, and um, I think we, let's go ahead and maybe discuss them. The first part is – now, I would, I would assume that as you were collecting the stories that um, they lent themselves to maybe falling into these categories – Yes, absolutely, and it's interesting because we didn't ask um, based on categories, and we actually developed the categories after we had picked all the stories. You know, it's kind of opposite how it happens, but, you know, they're, they're really universal themes, honestly, right? And so it it, it ended up just working out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the first one is, Love and relationships, and I, you know, I love. By the way, I love the like, kind of like subtitles you give with each one. This particular one was crazy little thing called love. Um, in that particular one, um, Patricia, yours is is the first story. Um, uh, story number one is called Message Received. Um, in, in that one, we talked. I mean, you we spoke earlier about the deer. Um, so, in this particular one, what would you say was the um, why did you pick this particular moment to put in there? It's like kind of like the lead story. So why did you feel that that, you know, is a great way to kind of jump into the book? I picked that story because it was it was the relationship with my daughters um, and, and ultimately then my relationship with myself. And I felt it was really important to, to give a wider voice to relationships. You know, a lot of times people feel that everything has to center on a, a love relationship with a significant partner, when in reality we have relationships with, with many different people. And so we had stories about love relationships, um, and I, I wanted to give a voice to, to, to open so, so everyone could see themselves in, in different stories. So I chose my daughters, who are, who honestly are very significant relationships in my life, uh, as I think most parents can can uh, attest. So that's why I chose that one. Yeah, and I think um, the idea of start overs <laughs> is the one thing I took from that too. You know that uh, the way that uh, to kind of that you and your daughters kind of um, reset the button. So I, I kind of like that. I'm gonna I think in. Um, instill that into into my my daily life or not daily hopefully but now <laughs> well um you know what if i if i can just just talk just a second to that because robert i just want to sure. say first of all sure. i love that you read 
um, the book. I just want to say thank you so much. I love that you read it, and I love that you you know that you've enjoyed it, and there's things that have been meaningful. I mean, that is that is the the hope and the prayer. You know, when when mm-hmm. books are put together, this book and any book we do through Sacred Stories, that that they're meaningful, and that people that people receive what um, you know is best for them. But the idea of a start over, and I do write about it in the story when my kids were young you know, really did work really well for us because sometimes, you know, it just doesn't help to have to figure out who was right, who was wrong. There's not a big lesson or discussion that has to happen all the time. I think people in all levels of relationship, whether it's with young children or or even coworkers or, or even with themselves, you know, talk about relationships with ourselves, just to say, okay, I call a start over. Like we don't, we love each other. We don't have to talk about it. We don't need to know who messed up or yada yada yada. We don't have to beat a, a, a dead horse here. Let's just start over. Clear the decks. And there's just something really energetic that that is really beautiful that happens when when you can do that. When everyone can just be okay, and you don't need to then. Well, I need time to get over it, or we need time to discuss this. You just know you're loved. You know that whatever happened, happened, and let's move forward. Um, it, I, I can't impress enough, um, and that doesn't, it doesn't diminish the importance maybe sometimes if something really big happened. But most times when there's just bickering or whatever happening, it's not the big stuff, and we get too caught up in the little stuff. We miss the big stuff sometimes, you know what I mean? So to just be like, start over, you know, and it, it's a really beautiful, ma- they're, they're like magic words. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I I just, you know, the way that you told it in the story to me, again, is one of those, like you just explained it, it's a, it's a wonderful way to, to um set the stage, reset, you know, kind of put a, you know, and set the, not only reset, but also set the stage for moving forward. Um, so anyway, so that's one of those things that I think uh, that the readers will, will enjoy um, looking into and probably putting in their lives. Now, that was that was one story under part one, love and relationships. Um, now, part two is health and well-being. Um, that one, subtitle, I'll stand by you. Um now, Kat, in, in this particular section, um, you have a story, um, Dreaming, Healing Again. Um, so would you mind sharing with the list, because I think it's a, you know, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful story. So I'd like, would you mind sharing, just sharing a little mm-hmm. bit about that? Mm-hmm. So in Dreaming, Healing Again, um, uh, it's a story about how I um, was, uh, dreaming about my breast cancer recurrence uh, before the doctors even knew it, even though I had the chiefs of everybody watching me. And so um, my dreams diagnosed my illness all three times. I'm a three-time breast cancer survivor. My dreams diagnosed it before the doctors did every time, and then it was confirmed with pathology reports. So in this story, I'm talking about how our dreams are sacred doorways to divine guidance and that we have a life purpose. We're born with that purpose, even if our parents tell us that we uh, um, happened accidentally in the backseat of that old Ford. (laughs) We happened accidentally on purpose. We're here 
with for a reason to be here and so I realized with Dreaming Healing again my purpose was to to show the world that dreams are sacred doorways to the divine and that we all have uh, spirit guides and guardian angels we're born with them we're their job and they take that job very seriously and how um, these um, these dreams that most people don't really pay a lot of attention to uh, were actually life-saving and they were validated by the medical community using uh, conventional pathology reports so I thought it was important to put that story in the book because we spend more than one half of our life sleeping and dreaming right. and and it, it, if our dreams were not that important we certainly would not be spending that amount of time in the dream state so I show in this story how my spirit guides come back in because they they actually found the cancer the first time and the third time the doctors missed it all three times and in in this recurrence it was a nine by eleven centimeter cancerous area which although they've changed the the grading of it it used to be considered stage four now it's only considered stage four if it's in another part of the body but the truth of the matter is at the time I we didn't realize it had gone into the other breast too so it was considered uh, it had been considered metastasized so it was a two stage four and I'm still alive. I mean, that was, um, you know, 15 years ago. I'm still alive, which just goes to show, you know, cancer is not a death sentence. Um, you can survive it. And if you use your dreams and your spirit guides, your guardian angels, your deceased loved ones, my mother, you know, this happened after my mother had died, and she came into my dreams often. Uh, she would, I would be dreaming, and she would suddenly take my hands and say, you are going to be just fine. And, you know, she was right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and also, you know, in, in your particular story, too, you have um, um, a, di- um, a designation of time, um, B.C., uh, before cancer, <laughs> and A.D., after diagnosis. And, you know, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, I, and you're not, I mean, I, I have a, you know, um, BC and AD moment as well, you know. So I mean, it, I, it, to me, it's again one of those examples that the stories bring out of um, what just most people do or most people experience. And so that way, they can really. I mean, I think you you just tap into um, some very basic um, human experiences, you know, that people can relate to. So I particularly like that. Mm-hmm. And and so it could be changed to BC as before change, and you know AD after that day, and and it's the transformational change that you've had in your life, and every single story in this book shows that trans that profound transformational change. And then you know at the end of each of the each of the sections, part one, part two, part three, and part four, Patricia and I go in and we evaluate and we talk about. Um, the stories in those sections uh, from our points of view, Patricia's from that of a reverend and me from that as a uh, psychopathologist. So um, that's one of the things that makes the the book so interesting are the different point of views that we we share in them at the end of each section. 
Great. Yeah, I agree. So we're halfway through the show. I want to take just um, a quick 90-second break, um, and then when we come back, we'll continue, okay? Sounds good. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this very short break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone. Thank you for staying with us. And just a quick note um, for those of you who follow me on Facebook and Instagram. You know I do nature photography, and and I have decided this year to give that part of my passion a new focus. So anyway, I have a new website, rpsharpshaarpe.com, and you can see all my photo, a lot of my photographs there. So back to today's show. Again, my special guests are Dr. Patricia Caginello and Kat O'Keefe Cannabis, and we are talking about their new book, Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change. Um, Okay, so with that, we're back. Kat and Patricia? Hi, Robert. It's such a pleasure to be, be speaking with you. Yes, Thank you very indeed. much. I, I appreciate it. And and also I do want to let um, listeners know that their book is available from Amazon.com. And you can also find more about the book, um, about both authors, by visiting sacredstoriespublishing.com. Okay, I want to make sure we get that in there to know where to send the people. Okay, so um, the – we did uh, part one, love and relationships. Part two was health and well-being. And now part three was grief and loss. Um, let the circle be unbroken. And in this particular um, grouping, one of the stories that I was drawn to was the one by um, J.S. Drake, The Loss. And um, now this um, particular author, uh, was on my show, and I had her, we talked about her book, May I Only Leave Rose Petals. So I was kind of familiar with the story, but the way that she told it in your book was, to me, it was just so a lot more insightful. So um, would, would uh, Patricia, can you talk a little bit about um, this particular contribution, the story of, of the loss? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, J.S. Drake, um, that's the only one that starts with uh, with a poem. It's actually one of her her poems from her book, May I Only Leave Rose Petals. And and Jessica, who is the author, was 16 years old when she lost her best friend to an unexpected car accident, and that literally changed her life. Um, you know, the the ramifications from that day. I believe she's still feeling, and and even 15 years later, or um, you know, it, it's very still very impactful for her. And and she shares it. She shares her her best friend's name was Jesse, and 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 that is the story she tells, and she walks you through receiving, you know, the phone call and having and, and having her mom um, hearing there was an accident, and having her mom tell her, and thinking she was going to the hospital to visit Jesse after the accident, finding out that Jesse didn't make it, and it it is heart wrenching, honestly, um, and it is it is straight from J.S. Drake's heart, so. When she wanted to contribute that to the to the book, um, I I I was just so you know thrilled, and not in a way of you know the the, the story thrilled me, but that the the depth of the emotion right. shared and knowing that people uh, unfortunately can can relate to that, I just knew that it would be helpful, that it would help others to be able to um, to read it, and and um, receive, you know, whatever they could receive from it and helping them move forward. So, Robert, thank you for mentioning that. I don't know that we've spoken about uh, Jessica's story in other interviews, and, and it is one of the ones that I believe is that just the most heart-wrenching. Not all the stories are that heart-wrenching. I don't want to scare <laughs> people, but that one, especially yeah. as a young a young woman, you know, a young uh, a 16-year-old girl, that changed your life. It changed your life. Yeah. And, it's still yeah. changing. You know, it, it, with that one, I mean, I, I I agree that you know that it was um, with that particular one. You know, with children, teens and, and children going through such um, some violent, you know, experiences. You know that that you know maybe either we didn't know or didn't happen you know long ago. You know, we don't really, I don't think, recognize the the depth of the impact that that has. And, you know, and then her story, having been a 16 at the time, really touches on, you know, the experiences that are happening now in our culture. Right. You know, and, and yeah. it's something I just I feel is just so important to say because I think this is the greater power and, and I hope, what you know, what this book will serve because we live in a world today that's, really scary to a lot of people and there's a lot of stuff happening you know i mean in 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 older older people but younger people as well you know i have you know 23 and 24 year old daughters but um their generation and and all of them be you know that are coming before them um younger than them they live with an anxiety and a fear that many of us do not appreciate you know i was having a conversation with one of our, uh, their friends the other day, and she still, I mean, you know, when, when they were in high school is when some of the, you know, the, the school shooting in Sandy Hook happened, which was our neighboring town, and, and my kids and their friends were in lockdown in, in the, neighboring, um, the neighboring school. And she was, she told me that everywhere she goes to this day, she's looking for an escape route. 
that even where she works, like one of the first things she's done is they're always finding how they can get out. And I was so taken back by that. I've never looked for an escape route in my life. Mm. I don't think that way. They are wired that way. And and the other kids were like, yeah, don't you do that? What are you talking about? Don't you do that? They live with a fear and an anxiety because of the violence in this world, because of the sickness in this world, because of the trauma in this world that I don't think many of the adults can really truly appreciate the generations that are coming up with this. And, and, and we have enough on our plates to deal with our own stuff. Imagine, you know, coming up with that. And so... So there, so changes, change is real. Trauma is real. Suffering is real. And, and I really believe that it's through our connections. It's through our knowing that other people are going through things. It's through being able to tell our stories and share our feelings that that we can, you know, not only survive but hopefully, you know, heal or gain courage or or, or at least knowing that. You know, we're not alone, and we can get yeah. through it and move to a brighter place. So, you know, I feel like as a minister, you know, I feel like I'm just almost kind of got <laughs> up on my pulpit. But, but honest <laughs> to God, no, but it's important. It's really important. Yeah, there is a lot going on out there that you know can't be sugarcoated. Yeah. And, um, and so I guess so. Thank you for you know bringing up the young people, especially because because books like yeah. Cast to Clarity and and other books that people are writing and other ways that people are sharing, I believe are. Um, can have significant impact in helping our world heal. Yeah, yeah. and you know, and I think that one line from that story, I think, kind of really sums up it all. And it was, we never know who just might need the light that we are. And mm-hmm. and that's um, to me, I thought, you know, that's just it. You know, just put it on me to be light, <laughs> to be light as bright as I can be. So. Um, Okay, so now part four um, is life, journey, and identity, the long and winding road. Um, in this particular one, uh, there was a story with um, by uh, Reverend Stephanie Redfeather um, called mm-hmm. "Time to Get Out," and Stephanie. Uh, Reverend Stephanie is going to be on my show next month, so I'm really looking forward to um, not only talking about her book, but also talking about her contributions to your book. Um, so mm-hmm. now in this particular one, um, Kat, um, mm-hmm. one of the terms or, or yeah, the, yeah, the terms that she used was that you know her experience um, about getting out of the job and all that kind of stuff she went through, she called it being alchemically transformed. And I thought, you know, that, um, you know, from a psychological uh, perspective carries a lot of depth, I would think. Mm-hmm. So can you, can you talk a little bit to, um, you know, her, her story or her experience and, and just that idea, that type of transformation, that depth of transformation? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh Reverend Stephanie Redfeather's story is is really important to everyone because her story focuses how, on how uh, she was in in the service, and then um, she decided that she was going to make a super big change. And, and and her story, to a degree, is like uh, Patricia Caginello's because she was she was a Marine and she got out and became a Reverend. And and uh, Stephanie Redfeather was um, she was in the Navy. Was it was she in the Navy or the Air Force? Now she was in the Air Force, right, Patricia? Um, I well, I want to say I Navy, think she was in but the, 
but I'm not sure. But but yeah, not, she okay. was not a Marine. I, I can tell no, you that. No, no, she was not a Marine. <laughs> you two would have been connected at the heart at that point. <laughs> but, yes, she was in, in one of those services. I think it was the Air Force. I'm, I believe it might have been the Air Force. And she decided to, to get out. She decided it was time to get out, which is a major step. That is a major coming-of-age step because when you're in the service like that, many of your decisions are are made for you. You follow orders, and you know what to expect. There aren't a whole lot of surprises, and you have a sense of security because you are part of a unit. And so she suddenly decided it was time to get out. And so she began trying her hand at a number of different businesses and career moves and she found that it was really difficult and she started to to question herself she started to question her worth she started to wonder if there was something wrong with her and by the end of the story I mean I don't want to give the whole story away but it was actually her focus on her spirituality that was the light that led her through that dark tunnel and into a place of spirituality where she is now um, coming from. And so there was a morphing. There was a change. In a way, she went into that pot of life and was stirred all around and remade and came out um, a, a different person, but, but more, um, more whole, I think, than when she went in. And so uh, I found her story to be amazing. The transformational change that she was able to go through and come out a successful person, not everybody can do that. So I think that anybody listening to this show who is in that transformation, who's thinking it's time for them to get out of whatever it is they're doing, you definitely want to read Reverend Stephanie Redfeather's story. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And the one thing too with her story it was that you know she had that that nudge of you know um, you know time to get out, but didn't have a to what you know. So I mean there was a lot more, <laughs> and, and and a lot of hers it was a, a lot of unknowns, and mm-hmm. you know they. Um, uh, one of the things that you know we're going to talk in a minute about your part five is like if I knew then what I know now. And in her particular case, you know, um, not knowing seemed to be like an important part of the that journey, that segment of the journey. Mm-hmm. Trusting in self, trusting in your higher power, knowing that there's going to be tremendous change. I mean, her her relationship with her husband changed. Her relationship with her family changed. She went from having a regular paycheck to to not knowing if she was going to have another paycheck, and that's that's um, you know that's alchemy. That's where you go into the pot and you come out a a different person. Yeah, it, it, I really like that one, and I think that particular story will. Um, will there will be a lot of readers who can relate, you know, to you mm-hmm. know her experience, you know. Um, particularly going, you know, those military families, you know, um, mm-hmm. what that's about. Now, part five of your book is, is a little bit different from the, from the rest. It's called Words of Wisdom, If I Knew Then What I Know Now. So how would you 
Um, Patricia, how would you explain that particular section? Well, so we were very, very careful in the stories that we asked people to tell their stories, not to try to teach anybody anything. A lot of times, you know, everybody everybody wants to, mm-hmm. you know, teach. And we just wanted the stories to stand on their own and, and have people read them and receive from them what they needed, what was meaningful for them. But but having said that, knowing that the people that did submit the stories and, and also Kat and, and myself, that, you know, there's we've, you know, maybe learned a few things along the way, you know, or pers- perspective, you know, that has served us well since the change. You know, there is a lot of wisdom that is gained through significant life changes. And so we wanted to create an opportunity for people to, to briefly, 100 words or less, share um, if you know their words of wisdom, um, and then people can read them. You know, in in that way, um, in these short bites, and and receive from them again what they what they want without it being and maybe maybe imbued in the stories. And so, and that's what we asked. We asked people to to write a hundred words or less, answer the question, if I knew now what I. If I knew then what I know now. And that's where Dr. Jane Galloway's Chapwood Carry Water came, you know, mm-hmm. um, which was in, in her perspective on, on what that question even meant to her, and, and which I think is just brilliant. So, yeah, we, a lot of people really enjoy that section. You know, they're just little nuggets, little nuggets of real, you know, real words from real people who have really walked the walk, uh, uh, letting you know, you know, what's, what it's like. Yeah, exactly. Now, you mentioned Dr. Jane Galloway, and it just so happens I have, I mean, her, I have jotted down the, the little snippets from, from her contribution to that area because I just thought they were brilliant. They were, they were just, I just loved them. And, you know, again, it started off, if I knew then what I know now, now wouldn't be now. I had to live my way into discovering, and, and the idea of having to live my way into discovering really kind of ties back to just um, Dr. Uh, no, excuse me, to uh, yeah, Dr. Stephanie Redfeather's story of having to live through that discovery process. Mm-hmm. Um, wisdom lies in the um, in the next footstep, and we know what we know when we know. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I just love. It. You know, those are, you know, those are little, um, you know, posted, posted around the, you know, the mirrors here and there. So. Um. Yeah, and Dr. Jane Galloway's story is her story of of recovery from alcohol um, addiction, and and she's um, maybe close to forty, definitely thirty years sober, and and her story is, you know, the night that she, you know, kind of. Um, she says it's not a rock bottom, but a you know a, a kind of a trampoline bottom. But where she knew she needed help, and it's it's her in her first AA meeting, standing up and saying, "My name is Jane, and I'm an alcoholic." Like she walks you through the you know the the details, and and it's powerful, you know. So for mm-hmm. Jane to answer that and not say, "Well, you should do this and this and this," but to say, you know, it's a process of discovery. That's really powerful, Robert. You know, honestly, the 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 depth of wisdom, you know, that that comes out of those short nuggets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, for it it took me a minute, but as you were talking about 
her story. It's like, I think I spoke to her. So <laughs> while you were talking, I, I did bring it up. And, and it's actually in two days, it'll be one year ago that I, that I spoke with her about the gateways, you know, the, the mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the Dell trust happened. So, um, yeah, yeah, hers, her, that's a, a fantastic story um, that she has. And, and, and Kat, I also checked the last time we spoke was June of 2014, and it was oh Surviving Casterland. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, so that goes back mm. a few years. So I hope that it's not going to yeah, be another oh time before we speak again. <laughs> you know, I, really I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you're supposed to be in our life because, yeah, we just keep popping up in yours and you just keep popping up in ours. <laughs> That's great. Well, that's a good thing. I, I like this. So so um, I guess now in, in closing, um, f- from each of you, um, Kat, you know, what is it that you hope um, that either the readers will take away from reading the book or what, what do you – what kind of um, – uh, what would be wonderful in, in your eyes that uh, happens with this the the book and the stories? Well, I think what I'd like them to take away is the realization that they're not alone. No matter what their changes that they're going through, no matter how painful it is, there are other people who have gone through it, and, and they'll come out the other side too. And so in a way, uh, you know, they can almost think of, think of this book as a security blanket. Hold on to the blanket and know you're going to come out the other side of this because life is change. And as, as painful as it is, you know, like, uh, like um, uh, Patricia said at the very beginning of the show, in the experience is the emotion. And in the emotion is the, you know, golden gift. In this book is full of golden gifts, and I I hope the reader um, can take them and put them in their basket and carry them with them through life. Absolutely. And and Patricia, what what about you? You know, it's interesting because having said all that and talked about even the depth of trauma that some people have experienced on this uh, and shared in the book, you know, there's many stories of, of other types, right, and, and, and regular change. But I wrap up the book um, at the, in the afterward with a section I call What's the Plan, Stan? And then I speak to the, the perception of change, and maybe sometimes it's in how we frame the question or how we look at the situation. And so I would encourage people, you know, with reading the book, what I hope they get from it, in addition to everything we've already talked about, but I hope what they get from it is in maybe knowing that they're not alone and knowing that there is support and knowing that other people have gone through it, um, in addition to receiving the inspiration, that they ha- that they they can maybe look at their life and look at the change and look all around it with a little bit of a lighter heart and and even when you know I use the example of asking some big questions instead of saying you know uh, instead of frame maybe frame the question more like what's the plan Stan put it in a a little bit different um, uh, a little more lighthearted way and, and mm-hmm. that can help us navigate change and live our lives with with more joy um, you know, as we as we move through, as we grow, as we evolve, as we experience, with with a little lighter heart, and that would be my hope. Yeah, that that's wonderful because um, 
it can be a rough ride, <laughs> you know, if you kind of stay in one perspective. Um, so It can um, be a rough ride, and we can make it a rougher ride sometimes because of our mm-hmm. the way we're viewing something, you right. know. So it's just an invitation to maybe be able to, to step back and look at things with a with a wider lens sometimes, yeah. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. Yep, on the roller coaster, you can be either afraid or you can be really excited. So, <laughs> the same experience. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, well, I want to thank you both for your time today. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and um, look forward to speaking with you again, and uh, uh, Kat, again soon, I hope. And, and then again, mm-hmm. Patricia, thank you very much for sending authors my way. I really. Um, enjoy uh, the group of people in your circle, authors in your circle. Well, thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you so much for having us on the show and for, mm-hmm. for you know, allowing us the opportunity to talk about Chaos the Clarity with you. And, and yes, thank you for, for interviewing um, other authors from Sacred Stories Publishing. We, we appreciate it um, a lot. So thank you. It's been a joy. You're welcome. Welcome. Mm, it really has, and and you know we're we're actually um, putting together book two of the Sacred Stories of Transformational Change um, series. So if any of your listeners think that they have a story that they would like to share, definitely go to the website Sacred Stories Publishing and see what it is that we're asking uh, as far as the second book goes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when they get to the website, sacredstoriespublishing.com, they just can click on book project, and that will give them all of uh, the details mm-hmm. of, of what you're looking for. Well, again, thank you both, and I look forward to our, our future interactions. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Again, everyone, today my very special guests have been Reverend Patricia Caginello and also Kathleen O'Keefe Cannabis. We've been talking about their new book, Chaos to Clarity, Sacred Stories of Transformational Change. And as we mentioned, you can find out more about the book as well as the authors and the other um, books at Sacred Stories by visiting sacredstoriespublishing.com. And everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.